Cryptocurrency, the promise of decentralized money that can bring power back to the people. Just imagine how much good can take place as a result. Unfortunately, anywhere financial gain makes an appearance, people with only their own profit in mind show up to capitalize on it. Now, there's nothing wrong with making profit, but what if you could do good by helping nonprofits prosper in the new crypto world? Well, we've invited Alex Wilson and Patrick Duffy from The Giving Block to join us at the mic. They help nonprofits get equipped to accept crypto donations and get them linked up with top projects in the space. We're also happy to introduce you to Justin Simpson, a community member at a cool new blockchain project called Ergo. This new crypto is mineable, ASIC resistant, and making some bold moves. So let's do good stuff and learn about good blockchains right now on episode number 276 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. We're here to talk about Bitcoin and blockchain and all the other things in the crypto world. And I'm rambling. Boy, Lord, you were born a rambling man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just a little crypto jingle that just came out of my heart. It just came out of your heart. It yeah. should have stayed. It should have stayed. <laughs> Probably should have stayed there. Yeah. Sorry. People already tuned out already. They're like, good Lord, these bad crypto people. They're so bad. But people keep listening, and we cannot tell you how much we appreciate that and how grateful we are that you are citizens of our fine republic of bad Yeah, We love our fans. You guys are great. You guys are the baddest asses of all the asses. (laughs) Hey, you know what I want to say? A big shout out and thank you to our show sponsor, Blue Share. Blue Share Security Tokens. Uh, They claim to be the first construction and mining company to offer its shares using the Ethereum blockchain smart contracts, providing 24-7 worldwide access to the real-world value. And they've been around for years. They've been doing some stuff for a long, long time. And Blue Shares are the 300 million tokenized shares of their Swiss-based Interprom Mining AG. That AG means it's Swiss, I believe. And uh, they've been processing both dividend rights and ownership titles. So 80 million of the Blue Shares are going to be available for purchase. They are right now. Started on May 6th, so now we got about another two months of this being sold. And so check it out at blueshare.io for more information. They're doing mining. They're mining all kinds of metals out of the ground, uh, and uh, you guys, they're tokenizing that stuff. So you can uh, Real world stuff, blueshare.io. Alrighty, well, we've got two interviews for you guys today, and we're going to get to the Ergo platform in just a moment because these guys are doing some cool stuff with a revolutionary blockchain approach that I think you're going to dig. But first, we're going to do some good stuff and visit with Alex Wilson and Patrick Duffy of thegivingblock.com. Mr. Travis Wright, I am a big proponent of doing good stuff, don't you know? Don't you know? I do know that, Mr. Joel Kamm. You own the uh, do good, is it dogoodstuff.com? Yeah, dogoodstuff.com, and I own the trademark to the phrase, and I actually developed a T-shirt around this uh, notion of inspiring others to put good out there. And uh, because when you put out good, 
good comes back to you one way or another. Sometimes it comes back monetarily. Sometimes it comes back relationally. Sometimes it comes back just knowing that you have impacted somebody's life. Yeah. So why are we doing all this bad crypto stuff? (laughs) Because we're so good. We're bad. Oh, We're so bad that we're good. And so it comes, it comes full circle. Mm, I like circles. I like blocks too. Yeah, well, we have some gentlemen that are doing good stuff with us on the blockchain, and it's come full circle because their website is called The Giving Block, thegivingblock.com, where they get nonprofits equipped to accept crypto donations and get them linked up with top projects in the space because they believe that crypto donations elevate both nonprofits and the crypto community. With us today from The Giving Block, we have Mr. Alex Wilson and Patrick Duffy, gentlemen, welcome to Bad Crypto. Hey, guys. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks for having us. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about yourselves. Just kind of give us the Reader's Digest bio. Alex, why don't you go first? Yeah, sure. So uh, before this, I had kind of a more traditional management consulting job. A small piece of that was enterprise blockchain consulting. Uh, At the same time, was, you know, trading some crypto, got more and more interested in it, did a little bit of venture capital work in the space. Um, and I kind of dragged Pat into the crypto arena, but I'll let him give his background. Yeah, kicking and screaming originally, uh, wanted nothing to do with it. I uh, was originally working with the pharmaceutical industry, uh, consulting for their lobbyists and how they work with patient groups and other nonprofits. Ended up over at a nonprofit. Uh, when Alex got me into trading, we saw some donations popping off, and we thought, why not get this nonprofit and others into the space and taking advantage of some of the stuff we saw happening. Was that before or after you were on Dallas? <laughs> the man from Atlantis. Oh, my gosh. I'm sure he's never heard that, Travis. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. You know what? Because there's like a there's a there's a funny story about Patrick Duffy on on um, uh, what movie is the uh, South Park where they like, like Patrick Duffy has been like a whole funny spiel within that. So I don't know. I was just I sorry. I got off on a little tangent there. I think the project you guys are doing is, is phenomenal because I don't think anybody else out there is doing it yet. Is there anybody or have you guys had any competition in the space or for helping nonprofits accept crypto? Um, I mean, not not exactly what we're doing. You know, there's a couple organizations out there doing some sort of charity related work in the uh, crypto and blockchain world. You know, like you've got the Binance Charity Foundation. You've got projects like BitGive and Alice. Um, but none are really doing what we're doing in the sense that we're trying to work with traditional nonprofits and really bring them into the world of crypto. Yeah, go, let's let's put some meat on that. Explain how does that work? The basic idea here is they're traditional nonprofits. They've got their more traditional systems for raising funds and generating awareness. Um, and then we see a lot of blockchain for social impact type projects popping off. We don't see necessarily them trying to work with the more traditional actors. And then for the donation front. There's a tax incentive because it's treated as property by the IRS, meaning that you get to write off that full amount, give the full amount to the nonprofit. Everybody wins versus if you have to sell it for cash ahead of time, you know, you pay capital gains tax. Nonprofit gets a smaller donation, you get a smaller write off. Uh, So for anyone trying to do something charitable with crypto, it makes sense for them to give. Uh, The reason for approaching these larger, more traditional nonprofits is they've got these large networks. They've been building the systems over time. They really know how to help the people they're trying to affect. And though we encourage folks to start nonprofits and take their own approach, we think that these larger, more traditional organizations who have this great impact, if we can tie them in with some of the projects in the space, and if donors can reach out to them directly and support with what they're doing, 
uh, we're going to generate larger impact than if we just stay within our own kind of uh, echo chambers. So what types of cryptos can be accepted with the giving block currently? Like say, you know, the the American Cancer Society or whatever wanted to reach out and they said, hey, we're interested in accepting crypto. Which ones can they accept? So by default, we usually start with Bitcoin, Ethereum and Litecoin. And if there's a reason to expand beyond that, you know, we can get them set up with really anything that's on Coinbase. Um, but we're seeing most of the donations coming in Bitcoin, and Ethereum. And that's, you know, just because they're the, the largest and probably where people have made the most money. Hmm. Nobody's donating any crypto to me. I, I, maybe it's because I'm not a nonprofit. I don't know. Maybe you need to be the joltcom.org. Well, you know, there's uh, a bunch of services that you guys offer and listed on the website here at thegivingblock.com are accept crypto donations, get educated, fundraise for the future, speak like an innovator, find the right partner, and use crypto for good. Why don't we kind of go through and uh, through those bullet points and highlight what you want people to know about each of those services? For accepting crypto donations, Alex already kind of touched upon it. We start with a core few. Uh, and then if we're approached by certain projects and they want to support the nonprofit, maybe sponsor an event or collaborate with them on a transparency initiative, we can always ultimately set them up to take anything on Coinbase. Uh, what makes this solution unique is we have an API uh, that auto sells the cryptocurrency within 10 seconds of it hitting the wallet. So if you're a traditional nonprofit, you want to give potential crypto donors that tax benefit and a reason to donate to you, uh, you can do so without having to actually have a very sophisticated understanding of the technology. So you're logging into an account much like a bank account, and what you see when you get there is cash uh, sitting in an FDIC-insured bank account. Uh, for Get Educated, we do basic education, period. Uh, so we'll do that for free for a lot of the nonprofits. The basic 101 will we'll go to their location or we'll do it via webinar. Uh, we just kind of get them up to speed, get them comfortable with the technology, and then give them a little bit of, of uh, exposure to the social impact implications, show them things like what's happening in Venezuela and microeconomies bubbling up where folks had their currency hyperinflate to the point of being valueless, and now suddenly it empowers themselves and their families. Uh, fundraise for the future is the fundraising aspect. If you open up a cryptocurrency wallet and you don't tell anyone about it, you're probably not going to be that effective unless you are, like you mentioned, an American Cancer Society. If they do want to reach out to us, we're always here with open arms. They're a fantastic organization. Uh, but we try to, you know, we hit Reddit, uh, we hit forums, uh, we reach out to some of our KOLs and partners and the organizations that we partner with. Uh, we try to spread that word as effectively as possible to make sure that folks who could potentially contribute will go ahead and do so. Uh, and then I guess the other core service worth uh, talking about is finding the right partner in the same way that cryptocurrency clearly has a PR issue. Uh, for most of the general public, you know, they heard about the Silk Road and pretty much only see it in the news if uh, Bitcoin's price corrects to an astounding degree. Uh, for the companies that are working within this ecosystem, they don't necessarily feel that in general they're being viewed as legitimate or as real institutions uh, that are doing the right thing. Just like any corporate social responsibility partnership, we help them find partners that are nonprofits, work with them in ways that are impactful for the organization. Uh, and generate a story to the best of our ability that gains traction, gets attention, uh, and paints both organizations in the best light. So I guess my, my question would be around this, because I know that, you know, Coinbase has widgets and stuff that you can accept crypto on your site. And so, you know, maybe other, is there, is there, what would be your definitive advantage 
for utilizing the giving block over going like directly to Coinbase or something, yeah, or like a like a coin payments or one of those other type of processing things. Yeah, so uh, the fees are really low, so zero point two five percent, and then we have that auto conversion, which a lot of the other payment processors don't have, um, as well as the the fiat off ramp and the FDIC insured bank accounts. Uh, so that's a big piece of it. But of course, what we're doing, we're not a payment processor. We're going far beyond that in the sense that, you know, we're doing all this education, finding them with partners, finding them partners. So it's this more community engagement than it is just being like a PayPal and setting them up to take credit card donations. Do you think that some of these that are accepting crypto donations understand that if they are indeed bullish about crypto, that that thousand dollar, you know, Bitcoin donation could turn into, you know, five thousand dollars in the next few years? Yeah, I mean... There's organizations like, say, the Internet Archive. Uh, in 2011, they received a 2,700 Bitcoin donation, which they immediately sold to one of their employees. You know, we're, we're talking to Katie and other folks over there who are doing their fundraising. Like, oh, you should have maybe wanted to keep on to that. I know. But it, that's, that's what, what, you, what year was that, you say? Uh, 2011. Hmm. Oh, man. I know. Horrifying. So it's one of those things where we show them. We actually we've, we've generated an infographic recently. If I bought $100 in cryptocurrency... What would it be worth now? And it goes from 2010 uh, every year moving forward. And it shows you it would be worth, you know, $13 million plus. If you bought in October 2010, you start going down the line. Is that on your website? Is that infographic somewhere public? Uh, we haven't published it. We just worked on it this morning. But when we oh. put it out, we can send it over to you guys. Yeah, would love, to, would love to see that. That would be absolutely fascinating. So, yeah. So we, we do have clients who do have an endowment where they hold on to the cryptocurrency. A good part about that is it's also compelling for cryptocurrency donors. Uh, generally, someone who's made a great deal of money in the space, they believe in the technology and you holding on to it shows them that you believe in it as well, which is helpful. Uh, but for the most part, they do want to, especially if they're a smaller organization, convert it immediately to cash and use it for their operations. And then down the line, hopefully they're holding it not only to have it as an appreciating asset, but as a way of being more transparent. You know, they're receiving the cryptocurrency. They're sending that to vendors. All the money coming in and going out, say, at a walk or another event, um, it could be 100% transparent. Your donors could see a live feed of here's every dollar that came in and how every dollar got spent. Um, so it would be the ultimate level of accountability. Just for just for the record here, 2,600 Bitcoin at today's price would be around $22 million. Woo! Which if they would have hodled instead of sell, <laughs> selling it for... How much was how much was it worth in 2011? Like just only a few bucks, right? Something like two dollars. Yeah, I think about two dollars. That's painful. Wow. painful. Should have hodled, and instead they soddled. And uh, <laughs> but but who who knew? I mean, you know, every time I hear about somebody having crypto uh, at a very low price, I think, look, you would have sold it at 500, right? If you'd got it at a buck or two, and it hit 500, you would have been out. There's just the there's no way. How many people actually hodled for the long term? Satoshi, right? Satoshi's it. Who's got the Let, Let's take a look at some uh, potential use cases and success stories. Maybe you know, share with us some of the the wins that nonprofits have had by taking crypto donations. Yeah, sure. So on the the donation side alone, some of the really big examples we've seen are Pineapple Fund. If you've heard about them. That was either an anonymous person or a group of people towards the end of 2017 who gave about $56 million worth of Bitcoin to 60 different nonprofits. So almost a million to each on average. 
And I mean, that's probably the, the biggest example of a potential individual or. That is huge. Why is that the first time I've heard of that? It's, it seems like that should be something. Instead, the news talks about, oh, well, there's criminals using the bitcoins. <laughs> and they don't talk about the $56 million. I've, I've literally never heard of that story. Well, that's why we're here. Which would seem to me like that's a pretty great case study of talking about crypto and how great crypto can be and people doing good stuff and helping make the world a better place. But instead, they harp on the negative. I mean, it's just crazy to me. $56 million was given away. Now, that would have been a great time for them to convert that into cash because if not, now they would have ended up having like about $3 million, right? <laughs> After that crypto crash. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. That's exactly what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to raise awareness about crypto in a positive way. Um, and it, it really ends up helping the entire industry, particularly the companies that are doing these initiatives with us. But for example, some other major donations, uh, Fidelity Charitable, donor advised fund, they brought in over 100 million in Bitcoin donations over the last two years. Um, and then, you know, everyone likes to uh, joke about Ripple, but they've actually brought in or donated uh, over 125 million to nonprofits. So they are by far the, the biggest player in this arena in terms of donations made. Yeah. So you guys asked a question earlier on where it's sort of like, why wouldn't you go with the traditional payment processor? Alex talks about it a little bit in terms of generating partnerships and generating attention. Again, it's one of those things where we've been shocked how many nonprofits we've found that do take cryptocurrency on their site. And they're not on any aggregators. Uh, they're not posting about it online. They're not going to conferences. They're not developing partnerships. You're not going to get crypto donations that way because it's not like a credit card in the sense that it's your your traditional donor pool isn't showing up to your site and saying, oh, thank God, they take Bitcoin now. I'll just give them Bitcoin because we all use that. You know, there is a specific demographic that's being appealed to more or less strictly because you take cryptocurrency alone. Like that is the first appeal. And then it goes beyond that. Uh, so some of the things that we've been able to do, uh, Brave is one of our recent partnerships. There's a system with Google called Google Ad Grants, where they give about $10,000 a month to nonprofits in free ads. And the nonprofits use those. It generates data for Google. You know, they ultimately get to uh, refine their algorithms and it boosts their business model. But the nonprofits are getting all of that attention. So we created a similar system partnering with Brave, uh, where they're giving out, you know, ad grants to different nonprofits, starting with the Human Rights Foundation, uh, one of our clients, and they use that to promote the Oslo Freedom Forum. And they're, you know, they're out there with people like Alex Gladstein, who's kind of the biggest nonprofit crypto KOL in the sense that he's constantly, he's at every conference. He was just a consensus and he's talking about what Bitcoin means for good, how it's a tool for freedom. So that's kind of where the three things would intersect. You know, you've got the nonprofit taking cryptocurrency, you've got a partner coming in where it makes sense. And then the nonprofit goes above and beyond in terms of having actual communications focused on the technology. And they've got a really successful crypto fundraising program. They, they bring in, you know, low to mid six figures in cryptocurrency a year. Um, so that would be one example of a partnership. We've also got uh, a delegate with IOTEX, uh, and we're going to be rotating. We do a charity of the quarter is what we call the program. Uh, so every quarter we're going to rotate a new charity on and those delegate rewards that are coming uh, being generated by the delegate, they're going to be distributed 50% back to the voters, 50% goes to a nonprofit. So that's another way to, again, engage with the space, generate a story, generate attention. And with each new nonprofit that comes on to that IOTEX delegate program that we're running with them, 
Uh, they get a new nonprofit's marketing engine that's helping to pump out stories about them. They get a new partner that they can, you know, take it and run with it, depending on how the relationship goes or not. And the nonprofit is generating revenue. And then that is, again, telling more people in the cryptocurrency world we're open for business when it comes to cryptocurrency donations. So, again, getting on people's radars. You guys are also your number nine on the IOTEX uh, delegate list right now with, with a are bullet. We? Yeah, you're number nine, moving up we on the were, UB validator. Oh, wow. Yeah, we, were, wow. we were not number one or number nine as of a few days ago. Yeah. yeah. So excellent news. Yeah, you're um, 3.1% of, the, uh, of the, the delegates there, of the votes. Awesome. Damn right. I haven't checked it yet. Today. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Move it, move it on up. How long have you guys been at this now? Uh, the, the giving block itself has been around for coming up on a year now. So still relatively new. Yes, but making good progress. I mean, it's great to have uh, partnerships with Brave. And I see Makers on here, Human Rights Foundation, IOTEX, and, and more. What, uh, what do you want the crypto community to know like this is uh, i'm going to give you the platform right now here's the soapbox stand in the middle of town square and preach it yeah i mean we're, we're always looking for new partners right uh from the crypto side projects can look at this as a great marketing campaign if they want to have let's say a huge announcement of a partnership leading up to their mainnet launch or, or something else this is a great way to do good and have a, a partner that's really going to help you with your project right so a lot of these nonprofits that we work with. They have these huge marketing engines. They can really help get the word out about your project. They'll dedicate resources to it. Um, and in return, you know, you're probably getting some sort of sponsor benefits at an event. Maybe they'll start accepting your token on their website um, and help you with any sort of PR around that. So, you know, actually one other thing we should bring up too is, did you see today that Justin Sun from Tron won the charity lunch with Warren Buffett? I did. It was a $4.5 million bid. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're looking to do more things like that. So kind of flipping that though, right? So it would be like someone paying to have, let's say, lunch with Justin Sun or with Vitalik or something like that, right? With Joel Calm. Yeah. Joel if Kahn. you guys want to do it, let's, let's set that up too. That, that would be worth at least two Satoshis. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Maybe if you that, that's good. Depending on where you guys eat, yeah. I suppose. So, yeah, that's that's some of the stuff we got in our mind. That's a great idea. That's a great to sort of utilize kind of combining charity plus influence. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and to piggyback on what Alex was saying, there's you see things like what Ripple's doing, where they're giving away all this money. They, they gave away $4 million to the Ellen DeGeneres Wildlife Fund. If you go on our site, they don't even take XRP. So that's another issue. There's There's amazing things happening on the crypto and the blockchain side and amazing things happening with these nonprofits. Our job is to kind of sit in between and then find, you know, what's the best case scenario for this nonprofit? What sort of a sponsorship and collaboration is going to generate the most attention, generate awareness, bring in funds, but we're doing the same thing for the organizations. So if we're doing some sort of adoption initiative and they're using cryptocurrency for a transparency pilot, we help them mock that up in a way that, okay, this isn't going to be too much of a burden on the nonprofit, but it's going to actually demonstrate that the cryptocurrency is, is working in the way that it's supposed to be working. And then for the nonprofit, we can talk to them and say, work with this group, not that group, or work with them in this way. You know, the crypto, cryptocurrency community will be excited about this. This they won't find exciting. Um, so we kind of operate in this strange niche in between where if either side tried to develop the plan from scratch, uh, they'd be missing half of the perspective. 
So I would say that's the big pitch on why to work with us. Work with them. They're good. Don't work with yeah. them. They suck. Everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some of these nonprofits get approached by some pretty uh, sketchy projects. Um, <laughs> and they put you know, some yeah. free PR around them and say, we're going to give you 50000 of our token. It's going to be the next Bitcoin. We've literally heard that word for word <laughs> from a project that you can barely find anything about. Barely well, they're, about they're wrong. They're wrong they're because Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you guys need some nonprofit partners. Uh, absolutely. Well, the foundation, once the foundation sets up, will definitely need uh, nonprofit partners for Badcoin to truly have a, a good impact on the world. Yeah, we'll do a little uh, adoption campaign. That's great. So let, let's maybe ask about that. So say somebody has um, a project like maybe, you know, Justin with Tron and they're trying to get people to donate to 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 charities with their with their token. How do you guys go about doing that? Do you guys like if some coin comes to you and says we'd like, you know, for charities to be able to accept our coin? What's that process that people? Would yeah, so for? it's it's a mix of either us reaching out to projects that we really like or projects reaching out to us. Um, but we have just kind of our own vetting process that we go through, um, whether that's just between the two of us or we reach out to other people in the community on their opinion. But it's it's so different for everyone that we work with. For example, one project could say, we just want to make a donation, right? We just want to be a sponsor of your event, but we want to donate our token. Um, will you please you know, accept our, our token so we don't have to convert it to Bitcoin first, things like that. Others might be looking to partner on, let's say, a donation transparency initiative like Maker. Um, so they want to use DAI for a lot of cool things around donation transparency where, you know, you can see, let's say they donate X amount of DAI and then you can see it landing in the nonprofit's wallet and seeing how they're using it. So it's, it's really pretty variable in terms of what the, the projects are looking to do. Um, and the nonprofits are, are pretty flexible, too. Most excellent. Well, doing good with thegivingblock.com. You guys can go check it out there at the website, see all the good stuff they're doing. And uh, thanks, Alex and Patrick, for filling us in today. Yeah, thank you guys so much for your time. Thanks again, Alex and Patrick. Not of Dallas, the TV show, Patrick, but just Patrick of The Giving Block, Patrick. TheGivingBlock.com is the website, and now we're going to introduce you to Mr. Justin Simpson. He's a community member of the Ergo platform, ErgoPlatform.org, and as always, he's a marketing manager guy. He's doing the marketing stuff over there too. Ah, well, that was not just a community guy. He did reach out to us about the platform, but he is the marketing guy. Yeah, so they wanted to be on the show. We said, well, let's check out your project, see what you're doing. Does this look legit to us? And it passed the muster and passed the mustard and some ketchup and pickles as well. And so this is a sponsored interview, meaning that we are being compensated for the interview. We always like to be fully transparent and respect our audience. No pull in the wool over anybody's eyes here. We are being paid for this, but we think it's interesting enough to bring it to you. And so with no yeah, the guys the guys on the team are really smart and this is a mineable coin so if you guys like the mining stuff this is going to be something you're going to want to check out for sure so from the latin ergo which you'll find out is actually the greek in the interview but meaning therefore ergo ergo it seems like every week we hear about somebody wanting to build a better blockchain well I think that's because there are better blockchains 
to be built. And it's really going to be interesting over the years to see which have uh, answered the problems that people have, provided the solutions, and survived. I'm always happy to look at these new ones as they arise. And today we're going to feature a platform called the Ergo platform, E-R-G-O, ergoplatform.org. And with us, we have Mr. Justin Simpson. Justin is one of the earliest community members with this decentralized project. And we're going to learn all about Ergo. Welcome to Bad Crypto, Justin. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hi, everyone. And everyone says hello back to you. I heard that. Uh, yeah, all, all at once. Big, big hello. <laughs> One big hello. Is it Justin we're looking for? Well, it is because you know a little something about this project. You got started with it in the very early phases. You uh, you are acquainted with Alexander Chapurnoy, who is the lead developer on the project. And I know in Latin, ergo means therefore, but I think this is this is based on the Greek translation of ergo. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. The Greek translation of Ergo is work. So, uh, yeah, you took away one of the things I could uh, uh, I could brag about knowing. Yeah, because I, I, I also originally thought it meant therefore in, in Latin. But, yeah, it, it's actually based on Ergo, Greek meaning of work. Well, maybe we just combine them, say therefore work. Right? Yeah, either way. Uh, actually, Alex came out in a tweet yesterday or today. He said, yeah, either way is okay. Okay, yeah. so go ahead and start laying the foundation for us. Why another blockchain? Uh, well, I think the, the what happened was basically uh, the two lead developers, Alexander Chapinoy and Dmitry Meshkov, along with the other de- developers of Ergo, are very scientific and research-oriented. Uh, Dmitry is a PhD. Alex, I don't know if he's technically a PhD, but he could, he could be a PhD, I'm sure, without too much disability uh, there. They all have peer-reviewed scientific papers. And so what they did was they, they're looking at things very analytically and logically and looking at existing platforms. And this is, I'm talking about two or three years ago. And they're looking at platforms at the time, like Ethereum and like anything, just all, all the different stuff. And they, they, they said, okay, if we're gonna, based on our research and our collaboration with various people around the world, um, we think we can do, and based on the work we did at uh, the, the building ScoreX, I think they came to the conclusion, okay, we can do something that, uh, that, that solves a lot of what we see as being done not quite right and do it in a way uh, that will uh, still retain decentralization. Absolutely anything we do must uh, put decentralization first. And that is where it gets really challenging. It's one thing just to make a blockchain that has a 10,000 TPS a second or a million TPS a second, but to do something that works and stays decentralized is and, and adds functionality and that other blockchains don't have that especially decentralized blockchains, that's the key challenge that they approached. And that's what they've been working on for the past more than two years now, full-time focus for them. Yeah, you know, I actually uh, just, I saw a tweet the other day from Charles Hoskinson that was saying that Ergo is one of the most interesting projects in the space, talking Mm -hmm. about, uh, because I think that didn't Alexander work with Charles, was doing some stuff with Cardano or maybe stuff even before Cardano or something? Yeah, yeah. So Alex was uh, actually uh, uh, hired by Charles. Um, I don't know exactly when. I'd say in 2015 or 2016 uh, to build Scorex, which is a modular blockchain framework that uh, 
uh, is used in a few few platforms already, like Ethereum Classic, I believe, uses it, and some others. Um, and uh, it's, it, it makes so he was hired specifically to build that project, and then uh, he got on Dmitry Meshkov at some point, and those two guys became the two code the two co lead developers of Ergo. And uh, but other than that, there's no relationship. There is no relationship between Ergo platform and IOHK or Charles for that matter. Although of course they they know they know each other, and Charles was impressed with their work. And uh, and I, I think Charles has a great eye for talent, and I think he was very impressed with the work that Alex and Dimitri did at IOHK. And he pays attention to what they're working on now. He read he, he read the white paper, which we finished about I'd say is three to four weeks ago. I roughly there's been a lot going on, but uh, that he read the white paper and he and he saw how the project was coming along and he and and then he came out with that statement on, that he saw on Twitter, um, and I think that counts for a lot because it's uh, he he doesn't put he's not going to put his name on any he's not going to put his name behind it. Uh, an endorsement of just any project. Yeah, Charles Charles tweeted that Ergo is one of the most interesting projects in the space. So when you go to the website, ergoplatform.org, uh, you have, it, it kind of looks buzzwordy to me in terms of the header, but maybe you can flesh it out for me. It says, Ergo is a resilient platform for contractual money. Uh, explain that. Yeah, so so uh, I actually really like it. I it, it wasn't my idea, of course. This came directly from the lead developers who really started this, dedicated all their time to this. This this uh, those few words. So resiliency refers to uh, all the long-term survivability, the secure nature of the blockchain, and the decentralized nature of the blockchain is also kind of intrinsically inside that resilient word because. To have a robust blockchain that's open, permissionless, and can't be compromised or uh, censored or whatever, then it needs to be truly decentralized. To be survivable, it needs to be truly decentralized. And uh, also in, in resiliency and survivability, there's the, the economic model. It needs, to la it needs to last for the long term. This has a new economic uh, Features so uh, the the key one being the storage rent component where every four years a miner can take a little bit of a fee from an un, unspent transaction output so uh, uh, that that provides ongoing recurring revenue to miners starting in year four if the if there's not enough transactions and uh, so it, and it's done in a transparent way users will know what the fee is so anyway go, without going into all those details on that. People can see, see for, it's all it's all it's all clear on the website. That's kind of what what is behind the word resilient. Now, contractual money. Now, that's a little bit different. Uh, contractual money is uh, is referring to the feature rich aspects of Ergo. So you can do a lot of things on Ergo. So first of all, decentralized, secure, resilient. But secondly, it's you can do contractual money on Ergo, so you can do complicated, complex financial contracts, and uh, they actually already the, just the dev team itself and uh, has already made 25, 25 smart contract applications and just put them on GitHub for everyone to look at. It's just examples. This is in addition to the vast quantities of other stuff they have to do on the actual protocol. And uh, so these things, you can do things using what it's called Ergo Script, which is the Ergo scripting language uh, to um, execute more complex uh, financial 
contracts than on other blockchains uh, that are truly decentralized. So uh, you can do a lot of different things. Um, and some of those have been outlined, like uh, there's been two blog posts now on Let's Local Exchange Trading Systems. Um, there's been, uh, there's an ergo mix for privacy. Uh, there's crowdfunding, better crowdfunding than you can do on um, other decentralized blockchains and numerous other things and things that have not even been thought of, I'm sure. And uh, so that's what contractual money is about. That's fascinating. So the main, the main net launch is set up here for, you're coming up in a couple of weeks, it looks like. And um, I, want, I want to actually talk about the, the, the proof of work and how this is set up because it seems to be a little bit different in that it's ASIC resistant and it's also pool resistant and it's mined from zero via proof of work, no ICO, no pre-mine. If you could talk about the consensus algorithm and how it's ASIC resistant and how it's pool resistant because I don't think there's been one that's popped up that's like that. Yeah, exactly. I, I, there, there hasn't been any practical one. There might have been some uh, as far as we're aware um, so it is unique and uh, it's a original, it, totally original consensus algorithm. Basically, from my point of view, it's built by basically geniuses. <laughs> so it's uh, the lead developers of uh, Ergo working in collaboration with uh, Research Institute. And uh, so it was a, a melt, it, it was uh, a, a cooperate, uh, built with the cooperation. Uh, so so I, I won't go into the, the really technical details except to say, Okay, so ASIC resistance. Uh, I think everybody um, who really looks at this kind of acknowledges now that the ASIC resistance or ASIC proof in the long term is uh, very, very hard or impossible. But you can get very, you can get ASIC resistance for a time at least, and you can get ASIC resistance uh, probably to an extent maybe for a longer term. Like I think F hash was somewhat ASIC resistant for for a long, for even after ASICs came out. So, so Ergo will be ASIC resistant. Um, the, uh, I think the, the, from what I've been hearing that the, it's a uh, high-end GPUs are gonna be the ones suitable to mine it. So four to eight gigabyte G, uh, uh, GPUs, um, high-end, more higher-end ones. Those will, the ones would be capable of mining it. And uh, someday ASICs may appear, but hopefully they won't have such a massive advantage over GPUs that GPU mining disappears. So that's AC, that's AC resistance. It's been done, talked about a lot. Only last point I mentioned about AC resistance is, is uh, you know, a lot of platforms like Grin and a lot of and numerous other ones, and Monero, for example, they do hard forks to make to maintain AC resistance. Well, in Ergo, there's meant to never be any hard forks, so that's not the solution to AC resistance that Ergo is using. Um, so that's the the AC. Resistance. Are they doing soft forks? Are they doing kind of smooth forks or? No, no, it's uh, it's it's it's, it's they, they they it's in the algorithm. The work is in the algorithm, so uh, it will be ASIC resistant for a time. Now, sometime at some point in the future, ASICs come out. Well, then then they may have an advantage. But uh, I think the algorithm is designed. I can't speak to this too 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 with too much uh, too firmly, but I think the algorithm is designed to be even after these uh, these ASICs come out it probably won't defer the kind of advantage to ASICs that you might see in some other uh, coins. But uh, so hopefully GPUs may stick around and be viable. Uh, but I can't speak to that in detail. Justin, is this at a place now where people, you know, can actually get the software and begin mining now? Or is this part of no. the... 
First of all, let me go back and uh, maybe I went on too much about AC resistance. Secondly, on the pull resistance, which is very, very important. Mm -hmm. So just forgetting about too much of the technical details, it does get very complex. But basically, the the, the short story is you need the secret key, the private key to mine. Now that means you can't just you can't just have anybody join a, a pool a trustless pool go mine because if they if they if if I'm using my laptop I get super lucky and I mine a block of ergo instead of sending it to the pool I'm just going to take it myself and there's no way that uh, there's no way known that that can be bypassed or or you can enforce that so trust trustless pools will no longer be possible so you got like a Bitcoin and Ethereum where I, I won't. Uh, I don't know the exact numbers. Maybe five to ten mining pools make up most of the hash power, and that's probably quite similar. So across, true. Yeah, across various various um, platforms. Yeah. That won't. That's kind of why we created Badcoin because we were like, look, there's this, you know, so much, so many people with so much mining power that control all of it. We want to bring mining back to everyone, and so so anybody it doesn't matter even if you have ASIC though. We can. We can, uh, one of the algorithms allows that kind of gives them way harder difficulty and then lower rewards. So we kind of set that up in a way to that way, you know, ASIC miners can mine, but you know, we're going to try to minimize your excitement about it. (laughs) Ah, okay. Yeah. And then, uh, so onto the, the other question. So, uh, no, it's not yet launched. So you can't actually start mining now as, as far as real coins go, but you can get, there is a uh, test net that's very advanced stages. Basically, this is launching as mainnet. This is not a project that raised 20 million with a white paper and then built the code and then um, launched a test net. Um, it's not a project that built a, uh, built a um, you know, is launched as a test net, but even the advanced test net and then is going to mainnet. It's launching as mainnet. And, uh, but that's, hap- that's that's scheduled for June 20th, uh, subject to the security audit results uh, uh, by, uh, by a very good security audit is being done. Um, and it could potentially be pushed back. I can't say for sure right now, but um, June 20th is the planned date. And that's when everybody, you know, but if you're a miner out there, then right now is when you should be looking into this. Right now is when you should be getting on testnet, configuring your mining miner, I, I wish I was a miner. I wish I had 100 uh, GPUs, high-end GPUs, uh, ready to go on relatively inexpensive electricity. That's what I would be doing right now is I would be focused on Ergo. And uh, because whatever happens with ASICs in the long run, we know, you know, for the, fir- for the initial period, uh, and this is the time for guys with GPUs, for the regular smaller <clears throat> miners to yeah. get, get active. And, get and there's in. no pool. So people are mining kind of on their own. Everybody's mining on their own, essentially. Exactly. And if you if you have a, if you have a lot of GPUs, then it's a beautiful situation. If you have eight solid GPUs, then it's probably a nice situation. You have a lot of block and uh, you have a high variability of, uh, of block reward because you're, you'll still be a smaller, a pretty small part of the network. You won't get that constant reward you get in a pool. But you know, if you have like uh, maybe even one, maybe eight solid GPUs, then uh, you're probably going to be getting uh, a fairly regular reward in the initial period. Uh, this is all, this Ergo also didn't do an SPV, you know, like like uh, there was an SPV built around Grin that raised, uh, it was reported 100 million, I think the number came in lower, 100 million US dollars that is, I think the number came in lower, but there's no SPV with uh, backed by 100 million dollar VC money on uh, Ergo, <laughs> so to mine Ergo, so right, it really right. is an opportunity for all those miners out there to to, to get 
to get involved. Yeah. All those That's what's cool is that I think is, is interesting about this, Justin, is that we now have over 500 concurrent miners of bad coin. <clears throat> you know what? Now you've learned how to mine, go out and try to mine some other coins maybe. You know what I mean? It's like we're, yeah. we got this whole army of people now who are starting to mine crypto and uh, hearing about other coins that are mineable is an exciting thing to them. Justin, like where can people find out about uh, the, about Ergo aside from just the website? There's, where's your social channels? Where do you want people to connect? Uh, well, we really like people to follow Ergo on Twitter and on Telegram, the interested people out there. And um, we, we, we've, we've had a, a big initiative lately. We've also reached out to the Chinese crypto community. So we have we Chinese Telegram, Chinese WeChat, Chinese website, Chinese white paper. It's just but, Ergo. Uh, is it Ergo platform on all of those? Is that what the username is? Uh, yes, that is correct. I believe uh, I, I'd have to double check Telegram, but I believe that is correct. So Telegram, Twitter, and please go by the website. And we'll have we'll have the links in the uh, the show notes for you guys. Go to the website, check it out. Badco.in forward slash two seven six is where you'll find the links for all the stuff that we've mentioned in the show. Uh, ergo, therefore, work. Justin Simpson, thanks so much for coming by the Republic of Bad Cryptopia today. Yeah, thank you. This episode of the Bad Crypto Podcast brought to you by iFart, iFart Mobile, available in the iTunes App Store as well as Android Google Play Store. <laughs> Farticus. Yes. I love this app. It's so fun. They got all, uh-oh, we better pull over. <laughs> yeah, this is well, Mr. Joe, Mr. Joel Kahn. This is like it's past the 10 year anniversary for iFart. If you do not have the iFart app, uh, go get it. Mr. Joel Kahn created it. If you like bad crypto and you like farts, it's app for you. Uh, you know, there's it's really funny as I'm going through it. We actually just updated it for the latest iOS, the the iPhone X and all that. And as I, I look through it, realize how many fart packs we released over the years. There's the band fart pack that includes Van Inhalen. Fartwood <laughs> Mac and the Poo Fighters. Okay. Um, then there's the Celebrity Fart Pack, which includes the Howard Sterno, the uh, Gaston Kutcher, and the Kimmel, which, by the way, Jimmy Kimmel uh, did a, a segment where he introduced kids to the iFart app on his show, and he played the Kimmel, which uh, actually sounds like this. And, and he said, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that was that was some that was some great influencer marketing there by naming it after a talk show host of this comedy i mean i guess you guys were like man how funny would it be if he actually puts it on a show and then he did well we actually meant to do that that was that was the whole idea behind it and uh, i'm looking for the the political fart pack that used to be in here and i'm not sure why i'm not seeing it right now because it included the trump dump which was hilarious, and uh, and for some reason it's it's gone missing from the uh, the thing. I don't know why. That makes me sad. <laughs> Stay the bad. North, the North Pole. Stay bad, everybody. Mm-hmm. 
The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. That was a brown Christmas. The Yuletide log. <laughs> Jingle smells. Oh my God. <laughs> goodwill grunting <laughs> do you have does your version have the oh, trump dump on it it says i have the the christmas fart pack the movies fart pack the food fart pack the celebrities fart pack the bands fart pack fart wars fart pack Top of the charts fart pack. Oh, oh this, this is one of the fart pack. Here, here's the job of the butt. It's disgusting. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Who's bad?